Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church Podcast for Sunday, March 6, 2022. Today's sermon will be topical on the world. If you would like to follow along, please go to gracebaptistchurchnc.org, click the current sermon link at the top, and click today's manuscript. Welcome to Grace Baptist Church. Well, it's good to be here this morning. Um, it's, it's good to see we've got a number of visitors this morning. You, you guys are, are, are welcome. Um, we're, we're glad to see everyone. Especially glad to see Nicole. I don't want to embarrass you, but we're very glad you're here, Nicole. Um, and those of you who didn't hear, hear last week, it's official. We did a, they did allow us to announce that Nicole is expecting. And so we are, we are grateful and rejoicing with you guys. Um, I'm sure I'm for, forgetting something. But um, today, we, we're normally in Hebrews. So if you're visiting with us, we're going right through the book of Hebrews. Next week, really, we'll continue last week. We'll be back in chapter 6. But I, today, as we take the Lord's Supper together, um, I'm going to teach a, I'm going to preach a sermon on the, a topical sermon on the world. That is, the world in the sense that those things that are opposed to God, all of the evil that is in this world. And so, but before we begin, let's pray and, and let's ask the Lord to, to help us at this time. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us greatly. Thank you for being good to us. Thank you for such beautiful songs that we sing about the gospel of Christ, the good news. We are the most blessed people on the face of the earth to know that in Christ our sins have been nailed to the cross. Punishment and wrath and anger that we deserve fell upon Him. He gives us His righteousness. We give Him our sin. And our sin is taken away. It's thrown as far as the east is from the west. And not only our sin is taken away, but that which was between us. Your wrath is propitiated. It's appeased at the cross. So, Father, we give thanks for the cross and the work and the person of Christ. We know also that He did not stay on the cross. He died, but He did not stay in the grave. He rose on the third day. And so we worship the living God today, Father, in the name of Christ. And now He has ascended to His rightful place in heaven. And He reigns from there. So we are victorious in Him today. Help us, I pray, as we think about the world, the evil in this world, how this world opposes us. But finally, Jesus has overcome the world. As we take the Lord's Supper, help us to remember these things. Father, may Jesus be lifted up. May He increase. May we decrease. Father, in spite of me, I pray that you would work greatly. And Father, we just give you this time. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Again, this morning I would like to preach a topical sermon on the world. Particularly the fact that this world is evil. And this world is opposed to God. And then, at the end, as we look to the Lord's Supper, and I'll explain for those of you who are visiting in a little bit how we do that. But as we look to the table, the Lord's Supper, 
we will focus on the truth that Jesus overcome, overcame the world and He gives us His peace. Now, in this sermon, absolutely nothing new. We've heard these things before, and so these truths will be a reminder for us today as we live in this world. <clears throat> and as we do on occasion, we don't do this every day, and certainly if you guys are visiting, but occasionally we do this. After I give some explanation, not very long explanations, then we're going to do some responsive readings today as we think about these truths together. And then in between, I'm going to give applications. So with that in mind, let me go ahead and give you our three truths this morning about the world. Truth number one, this world is evil. Truth number two, this world is opposed to God and to His people. Number three, Jesus has overcome the world. So number one, this world is evil. The Bible uses the term world in different ways. Sometimes it's simply the whole of creation, the inhabited earth without reference to sin and salvation. But today, we're going to look at it in a different way in which the Scripture mostly portrays the world. The Scripture is clear to remind us that this human world has fallen into sin. God created the world good. And God is not the author of sin. However, in His secret will, we might say, He did allow Satan to fall from heaven. And then, if we think about the story going way back, Satan tempts Eve. She questions the goodness of God and His will of command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then both Adam and Eve, in this temptation... They fell. They ate of this tree. And this is what we call, as Christians, the fall. Not somebody falling off of a swing set, but the great fall of man into sin. And after this, Adam and Eve and all of their children, which is all of us, because they are our first parents, working its way down, all of us inherit a sin nature. And because of this fact, the term world, when we talk about this sermon today, the term world refers to everything that opposes God in this world. And Satan, who is, who is he called? Numerous times in the Scripture. He is called the what? The ruler of what? This world. In God's, again, secret, very mysterious providence, he is given authority though this authority is limited, but he's given this authority to Satan to have some control over evil that happens in this world. So before making some comments at the end here, at the end of this truth, let's read some verses together that show that the Scriptures teach that this world is evil. So Greg, if you want to go ahead and put that up, and we're going to do it as we normally do, I will read, it says, Pastor, then we will have congregation to read after that until we get to the end. So here we go. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. 
they have as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit. His name is, in Hebrew, Abaddon, and in Greek he is called Apollyon. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He, is thrown down, he was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify about it that its works are evil. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will, of <clears throat> the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I've got one just little, a couple comments here at the end of this time. The world is evil. And that was just a few verses. We could have gone way back to the Old Testament and done plenty and a number more in the book of Revelation particularly. <clears throat> but I have just one application. As Christians today, we have an answer to this world <clears throat> as to why sin and evil are found here. We have an answer. We know why kids have tantrums. We know why we lose our temper. We know why people think evil in their hearts about someone else. We know why. We know why they think evil in their hearts about both their enemies and even their own neighbors. We know why spouses are unfaithful. We know why young men look at things they should not look at on the internet. We know when it comes to what's going on in the world now, we know why nations attack nations. 
We know why there is sickness and death and all kinds of evil. And we can think about that in our own lives. We know when you turn on the TV and it's evil and death and sickness and suffering and all the things that we see, we have an answer for this. We know why there is such rebellion in this world against God. This world is evil. And really, there's, there's no explanation that compares with the truths taught in the Bible about evil in this world. So I would just encourage you when you, when you, when you, when you go to work and you're talking about what's going on in Europe, whatever, we talk about anything that is evil in this world, we can always use that as a stepping stone to say, you know what, the Bible has an answer as to why this is so. And then we can move from there. This, this is a Christian worldview. But let's move on to truth number two. This world is not only evil, this world is also opposed to God and His people. I think that very often we become very comfortable, and I know that I forget this truth. It's a mystery to me and to any of us who think seriously about this as to how Satan could fall from heaven along with many other angels with him. And how evil, in this regard, was in the world with those angels even before the fall of man. But with the fall of Satan, it is obvious that God, He did not judge them. And He still has not judged them. And in His providence, in His allowing, and in His control over these things, now He allows these ones who have fallen to oppose Him. It's such a mystery. And we see the opposition of Satan to God and his ways. And then we see that Satan then comes to Adam and Eve, who are the, those first, the man and the woman created in God's image. And so what does Satan do? He goes right after God's special creation, man and woman. And we see that he is opposed to Adam and Eve, God's most special creation. And we see his opposition to God, This speaking of Satan, and his people throughout the Scripture. So if we go and we read through this, you're just going to see one long battle from Genesis to Revelation with Satan opposing God and his people, God and his plans. I think of the book of Job. There's Satan, just out of nowhere. God says, where have you been? I've been up to and fro, walking around the earth, to and fro. By the way, this is probably the oldest book we have. But there, God asks him, from where have you come? Satan answered and said to the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down on the earth. Great mystery there in between the communication between Satan and God. And then we know the story, then God allows Satan, Job to go, Satan to go and test and tempt and do all these things and bring about all of this upon Job. We, with this in mind, though, we should also note that this created world in which we live did not become evil, per se, until the fall of man into sin. In Adam's disobedience, there was a great fall. 
So what are the results of the fall? This is very important for us. What are the results? Well, the first result is clear. Physical death. Physical death enters the world at this point. And then, spiritual death results as Adam and Eve were separated from their source of life. I often, I say it every time, go out and break off a green stem from a plant in your yard, take it off, it's not dead yet, put it in water, it might stay green for some time, but what's it eventually going to do? It's going to die. We are separated spiritually from our source of life immediately, but eventually we will die physically. So there's two of the results. And then third result, we don't often like to talk about this, but there is punishment for Adam and Eve's disobedience and for ours, culminating in the creation of hell for all of those who oppose God and His people. And the Bible doesn't merely speak of the fall of man, but also the fall of the entire created order. Now, they didn't do anything as man did, but that sin that Adam and Eve fell into, the result of that affected all of creation, all of this world. So today, sin and death and evil reign in this world. This is why one day, brothers and sisters, God will recreate a new heavens and a new earth. And we are looking forward to that time. The Apostle Paul says that until that time, this is in Romans 8, he says, creation groans, groans and waits for that day when God will recreate anew, which is we are, we are waiting for. So for us, though, as we think about this world, this means that Satan opposes us. So not just us generally, but if you are a Christian, Satan opposes you. And I don't presume that everyone here is a Christian. If you are not a Christian and you're just, according to the Scriptures, Satan does not oppose you in that way as he does God's people. You are already under his control. So for us as Christians, Satan opposes us. This also means that this world we live in and all that is a part of this world that is evil in opposing God that's why we can say also that this world opposes us as Christians. This means also that Satan, along with this world, are against God's plan to fix the problem that we are in. If you remember back to Genesis chapter 3, we find the fall of Adam and Eve, and God judges the man. He says, this is your judgment. He judges the woman. We see the, the earth and the difficulties there, and then the childbirth. And then when he comes to Satan, he also judges Satan. But in this judgment of Satan, there in Genesis 3.15, we see the first promise of the gospel. In other words, here's the judgment. God did not have to do this. He could have judged them immediately, but in His mercy, what is He going to do? Genesis 3.15. Here's what he says to Satan. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. So he's talking about two peoples that are going to come from this woman. Those who 
are with God, those who are not with God. So here's the two peoples. And he says, then one shall come. He shall bruise your head. So this is saying there will be one that's going to be born of the woman who's going to come one day. (laughs) He's going to bruise your head. And then just in paraphrase there, he says also there's going to be a bruising and there's going to be a crushing. But anyway, that's, that's the first prophecy of the gospel of Jesus Christ because on the cross we see that Satan in some way there is a bruising of the sun but he rises again and in his death and his resurrection we see the crushing of Satan this is the gospel and in the gospel God will restore to an even greater measure what was lost in the fall This means that Satan now is against this sure plan of God in sending the Son. So Satan is doing everything he can to go against this plan of God in remedying all of these things. So anyone who says, I'm a Christian, anyone who says, I align with the Son, there's going to be opposition from Satan and from this world, we say. So with this in mind, let's turn to the Bible and let's read some verses that show this together. So, Greg, I'll go ahead and put the next one up. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify about it that its works are evil. So a few applications for us this morning. Because Satan is against Jesus and against his people, so I'm speaking now to Christians, persecution is our lot. That is our life. It's very clear in the Scriptures. And since the world lies in in the power of Satan, the world is also against us. Jesus said in John 15, 20, If they persecute me, you complete it, they will persecute you. He also says to all of us, If anyone would come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. 
brothers and sisters, our lot in this life is persecution because they persecuted our Lord. Satan and this world are against Christ, against God, and against His people. And so persecution is our lot, and it will come our way. Another application. God will not allow you to be tempted, tested, beyond what you can bear in this life as a Christian. That's very important for us. Nothing will come your way that God will not give you the strength to get through it. Now, does that mean that He's keeping you from physically dying through persecution? Absolutely not, because we see that throughout the Bible, throughout the history of the Christian church. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. In other words, everything that is common to us as men and women in the flesh. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation He will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure the temptation. Now I know the, the context there is clearly escaping sin, but the principle goes much deeper than that. It goes to all tests and trials that come our way. God will not allow you to be tested beyond that which you are capable. To the Christian, another application. The Scripture never tells us that we are supposed to leave this world or to go live off in a cave somewhere to escape the evils of this world. Have you ever thought like that, though? Do you want to go sometimes and go live off in the woods in a cave? Yes, I do, because of the evils of this world. Um, if, if we contemplate it long, I'm, I'm speaking to Christians again, absolutely, we think, man, it'd be great. Heaven is coming one day, though, but we are not told to go off and do that. Now, I'm not saying that, that going off and doing that is a sin. God will give, but generally speaking, we are not to do that. We are to live in this world. We are, the Bible says, in the world. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. This means that we must do what? We must engage our culture. We must be light and salt. And what an opportunity, brothers and sisters, that we have now in these days to be salt and light, whether it's at, at work or whether it's in the public school or the Christian school or wherever we are, wherever God places us in our neighborhood, in our communities, wherever we go, we are to be salt and light in this world. We are the lamp that you place up on top of the stool that gives light to the whole place as the lights are there, placed up there so they come down to us. Another application concerning this world. We, as Christians, are pilgrims. We're just passing through. Just passing through. Our home is where? It is in heaven. But we get so caught up, I think, and so concerned with the cares of this world that we, we place our foot down. In, but if we get in it, we get it. It's just like quicksand. Eventually, we will go right down with it. We must remember that we are pilgrims. We are passing through to heaven. This means we hold on to our things loosely because everything that we have, even our health, has come from God. 
We are pilgrims, brothers and sisters. Our home is heaven. Another application. The plan of God will prevail. Even though this world is evil, even though Satan and this world are opposed to God and His people, through it all in His secret will, God is working all things to bring them to an end in His plan. And the plan of God will prevail. It will win. I think of Proverbs 21.1. When I think of the crisis that's going on in Ukraine and in Europe, can I imagine? I mean, you know, we, we lived there in, in, in that, that bigger country there for, for many years as a family. And now all of my friends are there that we used to know and still know and still talk to from time to time. And then we see all of these refugees moving in and nations going, nation going against nation. And we have friends in other places that Gil mentioned that are living this out. But through all of these things, how many wars have there been in throughout history? How many rumors of wars? Can we even begin to count again? Just listening to the history of the English-speaking peoples. Just one big, huge timeline of war. War, peace. War, peace. War, peace. See, this world thinks that we are moving, away, moving on to some enlightened time. But as long as sin is in this world, it's going to be in the hearts of men. God is working, though, all things according to His will. Through suffering and persecution and hardships, through natural disasters, to wars, to fears of wars, whatever happens in this evil world, God is working His plan to reconcile all things to Himself one day. And so we wait for that as Christians. And then I'm going to hold off on this one. I'll just mention it now, but application, God is working all things for our good. Where, where would we get that? Give me a verse. Romans 8, 28. We like that one. We'll come back to that the very, very end. But God is working all things for our good. Finally this morning, third truth. Jesus has overcome the world. So we've been talking about all these things and these evil things in the world. Now we're going to turn to that which is most practical for us as we take the Lord's Supper this morning. And I get this truth, truth mostly from John 16, 33, which says, Jesus says to his disciples and to us, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. There we are. We're in the world. In the world you'll have tribulation. But take heart. This is for us, brothers and sisters, take heart. Why, how can we take heart? Because the next bit, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Brothers and sisters, this is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has done what we, in our own power, cannot do. In Christ, we see that fulfillment of Genesis 3.15. And this is the application of for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Eternal life. So today, as we take the Lord's Supper, we must remember that the Lord Jesus Christ has conquered death, He's, he's conquered sin, 
And at his coming back one day, he will reconcile all things to himself. So, if we are left to ourselves, brothers and sisters, as sons, and I'm I'm speaking to non-Christians as well here today, if we are left to ourselves as sons of Adam, sons and daughters of Adam and Eve, we cannot conquer sin. We are separated from our source of life, and we can't miraculously be put back together on our own. We are by nature children of wrath, even as we've read. Outside of Christ, we are separated from God because of our sins. And what are the wages of sin? When you go to work, you get paid for your work. But what are the wages of sin? Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. The people of this world are constantly trying to prolong life. And Christians do it as well. It's what we do. It's within us to survive, I guess we could say from one perspective. But we look at it very differently as Christians than the world does. They are trying to prolong death because they are fearful of death in a way that Christians are not. Now, are we fearful of the unknown? Could we say? And where we're at in our, in our point of sanctification, I don't think we find the fear of death with the Apostle Paul, but wherever we are, of course we're fearful of that which we don't know. But we are not fearful of death in the way that the world is fearful of death. Because for them, that's it. That's final. But for us, to the Christian, death is the entrance to life itself. And so the people of this world are trying to prolong death and even beat death, but they cannot. We cannot. Which is why the world has no peace. Satan is against us. Our sin nature is against us. The world is against us. But Jesus has overcome the world. So how has Jesus overcome the world? That's a good question because when we talk to those out in the, in the streets and in our neighborhoods and our workplaces and we talk about why there's evil in this world and why this, they want to know, why, well, why is the world against God and His plans? Well, it's because of Jesus. Jesus has overcome the world. What an opportunity. So how has Jesus overcome the world? Well, Hang with me here for just a minute longer. This is why we celebrate the Lord's Supper today as Christians. The Son of God took on flesh. As we learned this morning, He didn't become a man and change into a man. The Son of God took on flesh. This is the incarnation. He became a man just like us. No different. Except, he did not sin. He did not have a sin nature. But, in every other regard, just like us. And then, at the appropriate time that God had appointed for him, what did he do? He laid down his life on the cross as a sacrifice in the place of sinners. And that is why we read in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. This evil world, this is the remedy. This is what must happen if peace will come to our hearts. And when Christ laid down His 
life there on the cross in the place of sinners, what happened? God poured out all of His anger and all of His wrath upon the Son. He poured out everything that our sins deserved. So every sin that I think about myself that I've ever committed, if you were to go do that, and, and all of the secret sins that we don't even know and we couldn't even confess, and then you put that and you multiply that by, by all of God's people and all of our sins, and then you think about the punishment for our sins in a place called hell, when Christ laid down His life on the cross as a sacrifice, that's what He took. All of that. And so that's why those who come to Him by faith and look unto Him and believe upon Him, God counts the righteousness of Christ as He, is, he did not sin. He counts it as our own. He puts it in our bank account. And what do we put in Christ's bank account? Our sin. It goes upon Him. So the wrath of God was poured out upon Him. And He died as a sacrifice. And God received that sacrifice. But you know what happened after three days? He rose again. He conquered death. And this is why we say that Christ conquered sin on the cross and death by rising again. And those who believe in Him, this is faith. Those who believe are saved. This means that those who are in Christ, if you are a Christian today, nothing separates you from the love of God in Christ. This means that also we will rise with Him. He will give us a new body. So whatever is Christ's is ours. So Christ's lot is our lot. And in this world, what was the lot of Christ in regard to evil and suffering in this world? It was persecution, death on the cross. That's why Jesus says, if you come after, come after me, or if you want to follow, if you want to be my disciple, come after me. Take up your cross, follow me. This is what he tells us to do. So let me ask, is there any greater news than this for the Christian? And if you're not a Christian then I would say, look unto Christ this morning. Turn unto Him and be saved. There is no greater news than to know, to lay your head on your pillow at night and know, my sins are taken care of. An angry, holy God is no longer angry, wrathful at me anymore. And instead of all of His wrath being poured out upon me, now all of His love and His care and His compassion, as we read even the book together in Sunday school. So with that in mind, let's read some verses together before we conclude with the Lord's Supper. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. 
Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, this is the cross, I will draw all manner or all people to myself. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him. He's talking about Christ, with Him. Having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this He set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. Brothers and sisters, we need this reminder this morning. This world is evil. Satan and this world are against us. And finally, Jesus has overcome the world. Thank you for listening to the Grace Baptist Church podcast. You can listen to past sermons at podbean.com. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove to find us. You can also find us on Apple Podcast. Search Grace Baptist Church, China Grove. You can also join us at the South Rowan YMCA, 950 Kimball Road, China Grove, North Carolina. We meet on Sunday mornings at 930 for fellowship and service starts at 10. Thank you for listening and remember to be intentional in making disciples this week.